Hi, this is Mike Brissell, voice of Living with the Land and the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy your Grand Circle Tour of Tomorrowland with the Mickey Dudes Podcast. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I am your host, Patchinetti. Joined tonight by my co-host, the man with the largest heart of anybody I know, Dave Koch. Debbie was sick, so the union sent me. From all the way across the pond, Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. And I, I can't help it. I always I always laugh at that. The best part about that one is he's still half asleep. You can hear it from that. He's always <laughs> yawn at the end of that one. Stephen, what time is it right now over in Scotland? Uh, uh, 25 to 2 in the morning. <laughs> That's what we call dedication, folks. <laughs> now, Stephen's a tad bit crazy, but now we got another guy on, and this is my first time and Dave's first time. And I don't know if Stephen was on with him last time or whenever we record, you guys recorded. But we finally, Dave, we finally have the connecting line to our tri state area. We got the man from Jersey himself, Mr. Super Looper, Joe Quattrochi. We are now approaching the Grand Canyon Concourse Station. What's up, everybody? Now all we need is Dr. Doofenshmirtz to try to take over the tri-state area. <laughs> the funny thing is I think of that all the time. You guys know I'm, I'm part of the best part of the tri-state area. You're from Connecticut. Oh, and then You're never mind. The I can't, I can't even go there. tri-state area. Stop. Come on. Look, 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 at, look at the state's shape. Come on. It looks like the crook of an arm. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but everybody leaves New York and comes to Connecticut. Let's remember that. Or moves to Jersey or drives through our state. Right. See, so come on. But you, Dave, at least you, you don't you, have to go right to turn left. We don't have a thing called jug handles. That I will agree with. But we can turn right on red, Dave. Remember that. So, so, yeah, so but can see, I in every other part of my state except my city. Yeah, and, and in Jersey, like, you can't pump your own gas, though. I don't know. I never understood that. I admittedly break the law every day. I just broke it tonight. I can't, uh, I can't wait. Guys take forever. I, I, I'm reporting you to the Gas Safety Commission of America or something like I think that. They but anyway, add money to the gas tax for that. Making people poor in Jersey. All right, but let's get to tonight's topic. We're going to go off the radar a little bit. We're going to break in with some news. I know this is unlike us. We're not normally one that are you know, all about the news week in and week out. You know, if you guys are looking for a good news channel, go to WDW Main Street with our friends Bob, Dennis, John, and Doug. They have a weekly Sunday uh, news podcast out. It's pretty good. Listen to it every week. Uh, gentlemen, you know, you do a great job. And you normally could hear Doug ranting and raving about something, uh, complaining and, you know, telling us how much he loves everybody and everything. Disney, and he does. There's a lot of passion there. And he did happen to beat Dave in our great Park Hopper debate. So he's got to know what's going on some way, shape, or form. But tonight, our news is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be weekly. It's going to be yearly. We are going to do the year in review. What were... Oh. Oh, and by the way, Happy New Year, everybody. What? 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 Oh. Oh, yeah. It's the new year. It's 2017. Wow. Yay! 
oh, see, see, I try to ignore the fact that the years keep going by and faster and 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 all that kind of stuff because 2017, I turned 40, and I and I know that's young to some and old to others, but uh, it's still one of those weird things. So 2017 will be a little bit different for me, only because I start another decade of the probably. 12 or 13 decades I still have left on this earth. I'll think of it this way, Pat. 40 is four perfect 10s, and on a scale of 1 to 10, you're number one. In that whole thing, like, it was, like, really nice, and I think you also were, like, being sarcastic and busting my stones at the same time. So much for you having the largest heart of anybody I know, Mr. Grinch. I know Christmas just passed, but seriously. (sighs) Alright. I love you, Pat. So let's get on to her. I get the two people in my life. I'm so lucky. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go over some of the big stories that just passed over in the year 2016. Some of the things that we thought about it, uh, where we would go with them. Maybe we would change a few things, um, what we liked, what we disliked, things of that nature. So it's pretty much, you know, we're just going to have a a lively discussion, you know, especially with the guys on this week. It's definitely going to be lively if you couldn't tell already. And we will see where it takes us. Gentlemen, are we ready? Yep, go for that. Let's do it. All right, Stephen, because you're surrounded by idiots, okay, and you're surrounded by the tri-state idiots right now, uh, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you give me something that you thought about when I when we brought up the topic originally, and we talked about you know what were some of the news stories or what were the, some of the things that happened in 2016? What was one of the first things that popped into your head? First thing that popped into my head was the opening up of the the new country in Epcot which I thought was quite good uh, oh, oh sorry, no that's not right <laughs> Arendelle opened instead of Norway, they just totally turned it upside down uh, with for, Forever After uh, Frozen Forever After just totally ransacked Maelstrom uh, and put in the Frozen characters like Olaf and Sven into the ride and don't get me wrong it's just the, the things I've seen in it are really really good uh, and the ride looks comparatively not too bad still prefer Maelstrom it is one of my guilty pleasures when I was over there uh, but the, the introduction of Frozen into Norway really just was one of the biggest things to, to happen to Epcot in, in years I mean I was talking about other countries going in there but uh, I think Norway sort of lost a bit of its esteem and you know, it's a credence within the, the Epcot you know, uh, World Showcase. Uh, even with the, the new boat ride going in, I mean, it was 300 minutes posted at one point to get into this ride, uh, which as a revamp of Maelstrom, although Maelstrom was good, they would have to have turned it upside down and inside out to have a 300 minute wait for this thing uh, I just think that's one of the biggest things that, that happened over 2016 yeah. and obviously Frozen's just taken over the world you know with the inception of you know meet and greets the, the Acker House you know with the, the princesses there as well uh, I just think that's maybe not the best thing but it's, it's one of the first things that's sort of popped into my head you know, throughout this year. Now, I'll I'll say a couple things on this. You know, when I was there in October, um, you know, I, I didn't want to like the Frozen ride. I really didn't. 
Um, we got the Epcot for rope drop. We got there right away because I, 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 you're absolutely right. A ride it better turn me upside down, inside out, and, and, and tip me um, after I make dinner um, in order for me to wait 300 minutes for any ride. It's five um, hours. Five hours in your day to go see one ride. <laughs> yeah. But the ride was pretty good. I I literally walked on. It was, uh, you know, we would probably if it took us five minutes to walk through the line by the time, you know, we got there. You know, but I I thoroughly enjoyed the ride, and I I, I honestly and truly believe that this is the wave of the future. And when Chapek said it himself, you know, at the last what's that? What's it? It's not the D twenty. What's it called, Dave? You corrected me on it last time. Destination D. Thank you. Um, you know, when he talked about the revamp of Epcot coming. I honestly and truly believe that this is the wave of the future. They are going to start bringing in more characters. You know, Eisner brought it in, and, you know, when he came in and realized that Epcot didn't have the characters and Mickey and, and the gang were in, this is just going to be ramped up even more. And I see, you know, possibly, you know, Ratatouille going in France. Um, the new movie uh, about the Day of the Dead in Mexico that's coming out next year, I see a ride coming with that. You know, could some of the lesser-known Marvel characters start coming in too? I, you know, I don't know, but I think that's going to be the revamping of Epcot. See, I am completely fine with the revamping of Norway into Arendelle. I say bring it on. I mean, here's the thing: I understand the idea of World Showcase, but it is not an accurate representation. I lived in France couple of hours outside of Paris. I used to go to Paris every weekend. When I was walking the streets of Paris, not once did I see Aurora or Belle standing on a corner meeting and greeting with people and taking pictures with them. But guess what? You go into the Belle Epoque version of uh, France in, in Epcot. It's all a Parisian street. And there you have those two lovely ladies meeting and sometimes an overgrown ferry guy there too. On top of that... You, oh, wait, 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 wait. Tim was there? Yes, yes, he was. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the same thing. I mean, I think back to my last uh, crazy drunken night in Tijuana, <laughs> and I didn't see... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can we, can we actually tell this story? I'm, I'm holding back a bit of it, but I, oh, okay. my point thank, is thank, I didn't see goodness. Donald Duck, Panchito, or, or Jose out in, on the streets. But I still love the Grand Fiesta Tour. So it's a natural progression. People like Frozen. Frozen's an awesome movie. They did the ride and the movie justice. It was amazing animatronics. Great queue. Uh, Anna and Elsa's Royal Summer Hoose is awesome. I, for one, welcome our new Frozen overlords. <laughs> and I, you know, and, and that's the thing, Dave. I agree with you a hundred percent on this. I, I don't have a problem really with the characters coming in. I don't have a problem. I, I just think that's just, like I said before, that's the wave of the future, and it's going to be. Epcot is is so far away from the original version. It was never built to Walt's original version anyway. Um, so you know, for people to say, well, I can't believe this, this, and that. You know, it, it was never the prototype city that you know that it was supposed to be. It was never the community that it was supposed to be they turned it into a theme park right away but with some learning aspects to it i think they're just taking that next step and they're gonna have four distinct 
theme parks that are all different, but they're going to incorporate their IPs as best they can so they can monetize it. And I think it's just going to happen. And I say, you know what? Disney has been doing a pretty darn good job of it lately. Let's see where they're going to go with it with the rest of the stuff. One of the things that I think was some of the backlash originally from Frozen going into Norway, as I'm using air quotes, is that I believe that World Shook has always looked at as like the adult section of Disney. It was always a section where you didn't see a lot of like younger kids. It was for a place for adults or older teenagers to go. And since this ride has been put in, essentially World Showcase East has turned into Stroller Town, as we like to call it. And I think that's what some of the backlash and It's not really about how it fits into World Showcase. I think it's about what it's bringing into World Showcase. It's going to bring in that extremely younger Magic Kingdom demographic that late at night that some people don't want in World Showcase. They want that strolling around the world, have some drinks, the food and wine aspect, you know, at certain times of the year. And with them bringing in the younger IPs, you know, into these things, into these, you know, countries, that's going to bring in that extreme younger demographic. And I think some people have a backlash with that. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are about that, but I think that's what it is. We've kind of nicknamed World Showcase East like Stroller Town because it's like only in that section between Mexico and Norway, it's like strollers lining the promenade. Once you get past the bridge going, you know, towards, uh, you know, Italy or whatever, it's, they're gone. It's not there anymore. So I think that's what, what it is. It's a black, the backlash. I can totally see that argument and it makes sense. But then again, those people who are throwing that argument out there, it's like, guys, this is Disney. Disney and kids are synonymous. My feeling on that is while there might be a point to it, I don't give it much credence because it's like anybody who's going to be really making that as the complaint really needs to get over themselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it was right. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I see, I see the point that they're making, but it just is like if that's what they're going to be complaining about at times, they're just, they're just looking for reasons to just... Because if you were to walk by Norway, you would have no idea there's a frozen ride in there besides the line. It looks... Oh, yeah. it looks they've themed it beautifully. The exterior, everything looks great. You know, it's just the amount of it's the type of traffic and the, and the strollers that are all out there. I think that's what you know. I think they did a great job incorporating it. And I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, and, and Steve, I think it's going to be that's what's going to be the future. It's going to be IPs that they already own and just inserting them in here and there. And that's that's going to be you know the next Epcot we're looking at. Yeah, and I think you know whatever they do, however they do it, you know, especially for all of us that you know, obviously we do a Disney podcast, so we are the exception to the rule. We are a tad bit uh, crazy when it comes to this stuff, but I, I honestly and truly believe that everybody's still going to have a really good time, no matter which way they go about it. All right, let's get on to our next topic because obviously we can talk Frozen forever, um, but uh, <laughs> let's not let's not do that. <laughs> Uh, Joe, uh, why don't you give me something that when you thought of this topic, what was one of the first things that popped in your head as we look at the year in review of 2016? This is more of a a personal one to me. Um, This year I I spent a good nine or ten months working in Florida. So I was a quasi-local when I was down there. And as a local, you would think you would do, you know, day trips here, you know, to to, the world. And I would call 2016 almost the year of a million discounts. That's what I'm calling it. You know, it's kind of tied in with the 45th anniversary year, but I think it's also because of, you know, the construction, you know, park attendance declining, but all of that combined, you know, and obviously other factors too that you could, you could argue with things going on in in the real world. Um, But the amount of discounts that were offered this year, um, I mean, we're all Disney fans. If you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a Disney, a huge Disney fan. 
Um, we've never seen discounts like this in a while. You know, the the amount of Florida resident rate discounts for hotel rooms. It's not even just at the at the you know, values. You know, we're going up to the the, the deluxe rooms and DVC rooms, AP rate rooms. Uh, you know, twenty percent off of, of dining. At, you know, up to forty five restaurants. I mean, you've got restaurants that are you know Citricos, Narcosis, you know uh, Sanaa, the Wave. These are great you know premium dining locations. I mean, that they're offering twenty percent off that you would normally only get with maybe a Tables in Wonderland, you know, discount card that you had to pay for. You know, 20% off of merchandise. I mean, 20% off of merchandise, even using the Shop Disney Parks app. I mean, um, other discounts that even I've experienced personally, uh, you know, 30% off of, of golf, you know, 15% uh, fishing excursions. These are things that you've seen them raise, you know, the, the, discounts, the discounts over time. And as somebody who was a, a quasi-local where I was 55 minutes from the parks, I found myself with these great discounts doing a lot of weekend trips. You know, when you're getting 35, 40% off a room out of moderate, you know, but yeah, I'll stay the weekend. You know, you're getting, you know, 20, 20% off at a deluxe. Like, hey, I'm getting a room for 85 bucks for the night, you know, on, on a Thursday night. I mean, like, yeah, I'll, I'll go a couple nights. So this is something that I think that when I think of 2016, I'm going to think of like, wow, I spent more time staying on property, living so close to it. Than when I was traveling from Jersey back and forth. I mean, just getting discounts everywhere all the time. I mean, I hope that this is something that will stay. I, I don't think it's going to once this construction of the studios is done and Pandora's done. But it's been awesome taking advantage of these discounts. And that's just what I'm thinking of is just the year of a million discounts. Just everywhere you look, they're offering it. And I was taking advantage of them. I love, love, love the way you, the way you phrase that because that that was exactly what it was was the you know the year of a million discounts and you know when we were there and it, you know we were getting 10 percent on dvc then the next day we were getting 20 percent, and i was like this is awesome so you know it was a lot of fun just on merchandise stuff alone and food and all that like you were saying and i think it, it does it does give people a view of what some of the issues that disney is going through right now attendance you know no matter what they want to say you know is down their money may be up but that's because they're charging more for things so they're able to compensate for the money aspect of it so it still looks like the 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 profit's still there but the attendance is you know when i was there in october when i was there in april you know there was it wasn't i'm not saying it wasn't crowded but it i've been there in august i've been there in april i've been there in october and it wasn't wall-to-wall people besides like a day that i was there it was really bad one day you know, you could really tell that, you know, it's not full to capacity. That's for sure. Steven, I know you were going to say something. Sorry to cut you off, but. No, just that. It's just that, obviously, with the more discounts that they put in, you know, they are trying to bring in more locals as well. It's just maybe turned in a wee bit towards Disneyland, you know, where it is a, a, a local a clientele they've got. You know, and the, the more they do that, the more fo- local folks are going to go. But as you just commented there, they are putting the prices up. So if they're taking 10-20% off of what they were doing before, they might still be breaking even. And a lot of things with the markup, and we just spoke about, you know, other things before we come on, you know, that their markup for like drinking food is quite high. So once you're in the parks, they've got you. You know, so you're actually spending the money there. So to give you your 20% off to actually get into the park and get buy your merchandise and buy your food, they know what they're doing. You know, obviously with a downturn in the market, especially over here, I mean, you know, with a downturn of like Brexit and the amount of money that 
the pound has lost against the dollar. You're not getting as many folk coming over from the UK. Uh, and I know obviously you're talking about DVC and you know annual pass holders, but they're having to make their money elsewhere you know, to get folk in through the door rather than you know just relying on normal uh, tourists coming in from all over the world. And speaking of the parks, I mean, when did you ever remember Disney giving you a free month on your AP? We buy 12 months, get one free. I mean, all that's saying is like, hey, you know, buy, you know, buy the 12 months, get the 13th month, and maybe you'll squeeze in another trip before that 13th month expires next year. And you'll stay on property. I mean, they know what they're doing. I mean, they're trying to get more heads in beds and more people in the parks. And I mean, I don't, I don't ever remember them giving away a free month over an AP. See, that one kind of burned me. And I'm going to get back to that one. But I'm wondering with this whole... Um bunch of discounts. I'm wondering how much the Zika virus is playing in on people's uh, willingness to travel to Florida. Because I just saw a news story today up in New York City that it's been the largest uh, tourist season in the last decade over up by me. And I'm wondering if people are trying to just shift over where they're traveling because of the whole mosquito scare because you walk into every park and there's this huge bottle of uh, mosquito repellent that they're offering to they're offering to guests when you go into a disney hotel now you walk in on the desk there's a there's a can of waff on there i think that most of the cases of florida zika were found far away from disney but you hear that they're in the state of florida people might not uh be too open with the travel on that. Now, as far as the discounts, I think they're great. I just kind of felt bamboozled for the fact that back in August, I renewed my AP, and then a month later, they offered this extra month on it, and they weren't grandfathering in people that already that already ended up buying it. It's going to work out for me because they're doing the same thing now with Disneyland, and I plan to go to D23 and run the light side race this year, so I will be buying an AP. And I will end up getting an extra month on it that way. But I kind of felt that I paid for tables in Wonderland. Now everybody was getting with an AP that didn't was getting 20% off. Kind of didn't sit right with me until I realized, wait a minute, I am still getting the 20% off on alcohol. They're not doing that in that case. So I still just kind of felt a bit slighted. I could definitely see what you were saying with that. You know, I, I thought they would grandfather people in. It just made sense, but you know, you got to draw the line somewhere, unfortunately. And I think with the whole Zika thing, I think this this year, you know, 2016, you know, was just a bad year for Disney in general with things like that with Zika, with the unfortunate events, with the um, alligator, with um, the, all the construction, with all these things going on, and and then with you know people seeing the prices of the price hikes going up and all that kind of stuff. I think that it was a perfect or you know imperfect storm to say it that way. Instead, that just kind of led to you know the numbers being down. You know, like Stephen said, with the the economy and downturn in Brazil, um, Brexit, all that kind of thing. You know, you do have. You know, all these things working against Disney and they're they're figuring out a way to get the people in there um, and try to make the money. And I think the discounts were a great way to do it. All right, Dave, give me one of your top stories from the year of 2016. Well, running on Joe's idea, um, not as much as far as discounts, but ways to kind of break even. Disney introduced these new after hour and before hour premium events where you had some time to uh, yourself 
and probably just a small amount of other people in the hundreds or low thousands, but nothing that really tipped the park at capacity to the fact that you can, um, by paying extra money, you could have some extra time in Hollywood studios in the morning and in Fantasyland and get a breakfast. And then after, after uh, normal uh, working hours, you had the park to, to essentially yourself for a couple of hours with unlimited ice cream treats. It was expensive. There was a lot of backlash about it. I'm on the fence with this one. I personally would not pay I would not pay for it myself. But I could see for a family who might be coming to Disney for a limited amount of time if they um, wanted a little bit more time and just kind of wanted to experience something during a very busy time instead of getting a park ticket for the day it might be better to uh, do the Disney After Hours event and kind of use that as your uh, park ticket for the day and kind of relax the rest of the day again most of your seasoned Disney people would know to do that your run-of-the-mill Disney uh, visitor probably wouldn't know enough to do that but again if you do your homework you should be able to um, make Disney work for you in that sense I know that there was some discounts that were involved with that for AP holders and for um, DVC members. I remember the first one that they did, I was in Disney World for, but uh, I had a race the next day, so I couldn't partake of it. But Mickey Dude Jeff did it, and he ended up getting burnt because he actually bought tickets for him and his family. And as a DVC member who was staying on property, they offered that night all DVC members a free ticket to this event because they weren't selling that well and they needed to uh, pack the parks and hopefully sell some merchandise at that point and other um, wares that they hawk in the parks. He ended up having a two-hour fight at guest services trying to get his refund for this event because he paid for it and then all of a sudden he's being offered it for free and they didn't want to give him the money back. And he had a valid argument and... He proves sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the oil because in the end they gave him back the money. They gave it back to him on a gift card, but it pretty much financed the rest of his trip as far as eating and all that. So I personally wouldn't do it. I know Doug wouldn't do it from WDW Main Street. I thought to mess with him a bit, but I've already played this topic down into the ground. So I'm on the, I'm on the net. No thanks, but no thanks on this one. Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the, the, the shots. Well, not the shots, but I- I'll say a few things <laughs> to our buddy Doug. Um, you know, I am all I am all for every single, and I may be in the minority here, I am for every single upcharge event, upcharge anything. If you're willing to pay for it, then I think you should have the right to oh, do well, it. As, I agree with that. Yeah, if, they're, if they're not, as long as you're not taking away from somebody's you know, vacation or even, you know, something along those lines. If they're not closing the park for an entire day because somebody did something or you, you could buy a day or something, if they're taking an hour, I don't have a problem with that. These new bus system um, that transports you from park to park to park, you know, that's, you know, $15 for the day or $24 for a seven-day pass, I am all for it. Anything that could, if you, like you said just before, Dave, that you do your homework on and you're able to, you know, make your vacation better that's the thing i am so about 
time is money, money is time, and all that. You enjoy your vacation how you want it. If you want to go and spend $650 on a cabana over in Tomorrowland, go for it. If that's what floats your boat, fantastic. If that's what's going to make your vacation better, because your vac- you are going to have no bearing on my vacation. And if I, you're renting a cabana, I'm going to wave to you and say, good for you, buddy. Nice job. I, I don't care. So I honest and truly believe these things, if you can do the extra ad, uh, extra magic hours or added events, I think it's great. I love the fact that the DVC members did get a discount on it, and hopefully one day I'd be able to take advantage of something like that because they are coming back for the beginning of 2017. But um, with my kids being so young, it's impossible right now. But I think it's a great idea. It's the same idea as people using you know, the Halloween parties or the Christmas parties to you know just bypass a lot of the crowds and the lines and just use that as their ticket for the day. It's the same basic idea. And from all the people that I heard that went to it, the crowds were so slight that they were just they were just staying on rides the whole time. You know, it's a photographer's dream in there from what people are saying because there's nobody around. I think it's great. I think with the new price point for next year with this specifically, I think they dropped the price from like 150 at about 89, so somewhere 89 or 84. I believe it's around it's, it's yeah it's definitely it's definitely it's a good drop it's yeah a, it was definitely substantial i was i've been very vocal and i've been i've been against it and, and i was just like no I, i'm not for it but think now that it's set in for how many months since it's passed and since the, the price dropped i was like you know what that's the price of a, a, a halloween ticket or a, or a christmas party ticket i'm like you know what now it's in that ballpark now it's not that it's not the three digit number where it's 150 like, okay, it's 89 Now you know it's going to be taxed and stuff like that. But now we're in the same price range as like a Halloween, par- a Halloween ticket or a Christmas party ticket. Now it's looking a little more appealing to me. And I'm starting to change my tune on a little bit. And if it's available when my wife and I are down there, I might, at that price point, I might, I might do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, when I think it was when that was that 150 range, it left a bad taste in my mouth. But now that, that it's in the same, it's almost being treated, I'm looking at it as like a Halloween or Christmas party. My view has definitely changed on it a little bit as the idea has sunk in a little bit. I do like the fact that they're still offering extra magic hours. If they weren't, that would just be pure tragic. But it's not affecting their regular schedule. So in that in that regard, I give them the thumbs up. Right, I agree. And that's exactly my what I was saying. If As long as it doesn't affect the vast majority, you could still take away 10% maybe 15%, something like a small percentage of that, you know, in, in, in kind of finagle it into these upcharges. And I still wouldn't have a problem with it, but you get rid of extra magic hours or something along those lines, then, you know, then I'll be more vocal on it and to the other side. That was going to be my point about the extra magic hours as well. You know, to the fact that, you know, you were getting these things. Yes, you were staying on property, but you were getting them for nothing. You were getting that wee bit extra that nobody else was getting if you stayed uh, not in a Disney hotel, but uh, I just feel as if they're just trying to get that extra buck out you again, you know, I mean, they are offering the, the extra magic hours, but maybe to a restricted amount, you know, trying to get more of these things in, you know, and I just, I don't agree with it, I don't agree with, uh, like, exclusivity, especially when Joe was saying about the, the 150 mark, and I do agree in relation to uh, comparable for the other Holiday so, uh, tickets you can get. You know, if we bring it down to under a hundred, hundred dollars, again it may only be about three or what three or four hours. Are they running them for? Yeah, about so, that. I don't know if it's worth it. You know, for that. 
All right, so it'll be something, obviously, that, you know, like we said, the beginning of 2017, they're going to be starting to run these again. So hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see where they're going with it, what the numbers are, uh, price changes, if anything else changes like that. So I'll go to uh, my my first thing that popped into my head for 2016. It was pretty simple. Um, you know, Joffrey's Coffee became the official coffee of the Mickey Dudes podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 for anybody that, one, knows me, uh, talks to me, uh, Disney and, and Joffrey's are synonymous. And, you know, anybody that follows me on Twitter, you know, I have stuff pretty much on, on Joffrey's just about every day. Uh, tonight, I'm drinking the Jingle Jangle Java. You know, I can't, I, you know, I know Christmas has passed, but I'm still it's still keeping me in the festive and holiday mood. So I, I honestly and truly think it's the best coffee out there. Uh, go to Joffrey's.com. Get some today. I have the Wave. I have Le Cellier here. I have some of their origin coffees. It, it, it's just that good. So do yourself a favor. Go get yourself a good cup of coffee. All right. We're going back to you, Stephen. Give me another one for 2016. Disney Springs opening up this year. Obviously, downtown Disney. Whether it run its course or not, I don't know. Uh, but there, there's been that much talk over the last few years about the revamping of downtown Disney and they were going to do this and do that with it finally opened this year uh, a lot of the stuff is still the same you know it is one of the the few things that have actually just popped up you know like uh, Jock Lindsay's hangar bar which I know obviously a few of the guys have actually went and spent a bit of time there that's one of the sort of highlights uh, and then you've got Splitsville as well which I don't know how popular that is but it's, it brings folk in to downtown Disney and well what it's now called the Disney Springs. Is it as good as it's making out? I don't know. I, I, I've seen, not been there, but I've seen the reviews of it. Uh, they had to do something with downtown Disney because it was, it was just lackluster. There was too many shops that were not hitting the mark and they were just in there for really a sort of flagship store. But nobody was really getting into them and, and getting what they were worth. But with the restaurants that are there, uh, you've still got Ragland Road, you've still got Wolfgang Pucks, you've still got the majority of the, the large sort of chains that were there in downtown Disney. But uh, the Disney Springs obviously opening up. I just think that's one of the biggest things that's sort of revamped. And I know Dave is a big advocate of Disney Springs now becoming the, the fifth gate. Ah, you still stole my. You still don't agree with that. You stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> still don't agree with the fact that it's that good, even for the locals. You know, to, to go there uh, as a fifth gate. Uh, but I don't know what you you all think about that. I you know here's here's the thing. I you know when we were there recently, I I I, I thought a lot of the way you did from things that I was saying. I think once you get down there and see it. You know, you're gonna think one of two ways. You're gonna think obviously exactly the way you are, or you can you might revamp that thought a little bit because there are a lot of things that you see, and it is it is beautiful the way they set it up, and there are some more restaurants, and there's a little nooks and crannies and little uh, stands that you can go to. The one thing that I would say, and why I don't personally think it was 
as great as it maybe could be. And their numbers, their foot traffic, and there's been reports that the foot traffic hasn't been to where they want it to. There's a lot of high-end stores in here right now that I know the locals are going to go down there for. But at the same point in time, the people on vacation, there are not a lot of stores there right now. That new section that they opened up that, that really people on vacation are going to say, hey, I need to go buy this, you know, because it's just not – it didn't lend itself to that. It didn't have that vacation feel. It did have what, you know, I think Dave would always allude to, the stuff that locals, if I lived in that area, I can go down, you know, get a nice meal, Jock Lindsay's, get something at the boathouse, go to Morimoto Asia, uh, go to any of the new places like that, and then go a little bit, do a little bit of shopping and bring this stuff home. You know, so I, I kind of was like 50-50 with it. I, I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the way it looked. I thought some of the new stuff was great. But to be honest with you, I liked it the way it was too, so... You know, it's not it's not something that I'm going to ever say is the fifth gate, but I did enjoy it. Well, as a, as someone who's a, a quasi local, um, I completely agree with you guys, um, and with the way it's it's the locals look at it for shopping. For example, those weekend trips I was referring to a little bit before in the show, we would run down to Disney Springs and be myself, my wife, and a couple of our friends and, and their spouses, and the women would want to go to Lily Pulitzer and go shopping, and oh, I want to go do this, and instead of Going to the outlets in Orlando, we were already in Disney. We would go and visit those stores that, for example, we didn't have in Daytona Beach. You know what I'm saying now we have a brand new outlet in Daytona Beach, a Tanger Outlet, so that kind of cured a lot of those problems. But at the time, there wasn't one open, and the ladies would go and go to some of those specific stores and get essentially regular items that they couldn't get locally by us in Daytona Beach. So I completely agree with you guys 100% where locals would go and find those you know specific stores that were not around where we live also i agree however that yes a lot of those stores are not disney themed in the newer section now if you go into like uniqlo or stuff like that they have some disney stuff whatever but <laughs> uniqlo that was a great store yes, i did that, like that one. that was one of the ones that was added after the fact that they had a great selection of like you know disney t-shirts that were not your typical disney park merchandise so that would if, if a lot of the stores had stuff like that in it it would be, I think, even better. But there's very few shops that have that kind of merchandise. They're more of just the regular high-end shops. So, therefore, I think it falls a little bit below where I want it to be. But overall, it's still pretty good. Uh, but yes, a lot of the stores are not, I don't think, really are meant for the family from the Midwest, for example, that you know, they're not looking to go to a high-end store while they're in Disney. So Now, Joe, how is the markup on prices in those stores? Are they the same prices that you would find in your local mall, or was there... I think so. I don't think there was. You know, if you get, like, a, a regular high-end retailer, and I'm going to see that same retailer, for example, in Garden State Plaza here in New Jersey, I mean, you're, they're about the same prices. I mean, you know, they're not outlet prices, but they're not marked up higher than what you would normally see. You know, like, I think they're about the same. I mean, that's it, in my opinion. Okay. I think from, from my point of view, I mean, it, when we were there, going to downtown Disney more than... Disney Springs. It's just the, the restaurants. I mean, we never did a lot of shopping when we were there. It was always about the restaurants and what you could actually get to eat. So in that aspect, it will draw in a lot of people that are at the parks and maybe just want a day off from the park just to do something a wee bit different. Or maybe going to one of the, the Halloween or Christmas parties at night. You know, and I, I do think it's good that way. Just the shopping aspects just don't understand where Disney are, are, are coming to, you know, that 
there's not a lot of folk gonna go there and pay Disney prices when there's that many malls kicking about as well with the same sort of stuff. Now I do believe that your Asian tourist does use those stores a lot because they can get some American stuff that is cheaper than in their homeland. That's one of the things that I did hear from various tourists. Now that actually does make some some sense there. I actually didn't even put those. I wouldn't have put that together. So, all right, let's get. You know, we're running a little bit long, not too long, but let's get on to uh, another topic here. Uh, Joe, give me your second uh, 2016 thought. All right, Pat, I'm, I'll make it. I'll make it brief. But we've all seen. First of all, yourself, myself, and Dave. We live in the Tri-State area around, as David called, the capital of the world, which is New York City. And um, we're used to dealing with enhanced security measures. And seeing those similar measures now being implicated in Walt Disney World, I think it was a pretty big deal this year. You know, between the unfortunate incident which happened at Pulse Nightclub in downtown Orlando to just general world events and things that have happened with guests on property, we've definitely seen, you know, an increase in screenings at the gates, you know, more metal detectors, more undercover Orange County Sheriff's deputies, uh, more uniformed Disney security guards. You know, seeing, you know, even the guards at the at the gatehouses for the resorts, actually, if you say you're checking in, actually checking lists, you know, or checking ADR reservations just to avoid, you know, people parking their cars in certain parking lots. I definitely think that this is something that, you know, I think Disney is easing us into where we're going to see a full screening eventually within the next year or two, um, which I, for the record, have no issue with at all. I think that everybody should be screened going into the parks for everybody's protection. We're all pretty much getting used to it now, going through bag checking, you know, randomly going through security, which sometimes on slower times, this and everybody through the metal detectors. Well, I think that's pretty much a, a big deal. You know, it's kind of breaking, bringing in that outside element into the quote unquote bubble, but it's something that needs to be done for all of us to be safe and, and enjoy the world. So I think that was a pretty big deal. We really saw an enhancement in security. Not, not only that, you know, we always knew about that was undercover sheriffs and they you know and there was always disney security in the parks but now seeing it firsthand and, and dealing with it being searched and you know going through metal detectors that that's a, it was a pretty big deal so i think 2016 is gonna stick out as the year that security really went to the next level and it's just gonna continue to rise after that i agree with what you said a hundred percent like i have zero issues with this i don't if anybody can't take an extra five ten minutes out of their day just for safety reasons, you know, you're too full of yourself. You're not that important. The safety of my family, the safety of my children, the safety of, you know, all the children around me, obviously, in my opinion, comes first. I'll wait an extra 20 minutes if I had to, if that's what it meant. And I, for one, I applaud Disney with the extra security measures that are being taken. And I agree with you 100%. They are, I think more, more is going to be coming down the road. And it's only for our safety. I would much rather be proactive than reactive. And if, and if we're all get, if we're all getting screened going into through airports, through sporting events such as the Meadowlands, City Field, Master Square Garden, you know, and they're you know dump out your pockets, you know, go through the metal detector. There's no reason why we can't take an extra few minutes to go do the same type of screening, if not more, at the number one travel tourist destination in the world. I mean, there's just no reason that it shouldn't be happening. Agreement. So you said about the bubble, though. You know, you're inside the bubble and you feel as if you're you're untouchable. But reality does come home. I mean, you've just got to think about just recently with the, the markets over in Berlin, you know, the Christmas markets and what's happened there. It's, it's so easy for something just to go wrong. And I would rather 
it'll be totally screened and be safer. Not, I mean, they're never going to be 100% safe because you don't know what's going to happen in the parts any, or throughout the world at any one point. But you are going to be safer if you actually are screened and make sure that everybody else is exactly the same. And as you say, take that five minutes just to get through and make sure that nobody's taking anything in that they shouldn't be. You know, totally agree with that. You know, you, you, you're on holiday, you're on vacation, you want to go and try and enjoy yourself. You don't have to have this thing in the back of your head that's, what happens if this, what happens if this happens? You know, just, it's just wrong, you know. But that is what it is, and they've got to, to do these things. The bomb that went off in New York City in Chelsea happened to be about a thousand feet from where I work part-time in a hotel. My feeling that happening just down the street for me, with that security you can't mess around with, Disney gets yep. my thumbs up. Yep, definitely. All right, and then Dave, back to you, bud. Uh, one of your last thoughts for 2016. Well, this one is a very recent one, and it's one that has me a bit surprised, and a lot of people are up in arms about it. And honestly, though, I say bravo, about time. In addition to be our guest... You can now get alcohol in the Magic Kingdom at Cinderella's Royal Table, where you can have sparkling uh, wines. You could have uh, red and white wine at Tony's Town Square. You could have a bunch of jungle-themed drinks at the Skipper Cantina, and a selection of American beer, cider, and wine at the Liberty Tree Tavern. Now, a couple caveats to this. They're only serving alcohol at table service restaurants, they're theming the drinks that they have to the restaurant, and you can only get two over here. I personally think that this is something that should have happened a long time ago. I don't want to see kiosks showing up where you can get all sorts of drinks just going down Main Street USA. But if you're going to have a little, if you're an adult and you want to imbibe a bit while at dinner and you're on a full stomach, at that point, there are certain cocktails that will uh, enhance a meal, enhance the flavor. I say that this is a natural progression. I've been in many a times where there have been people that would try to ask for a wine list or something and be very upset when they found out that the Magic Kingdom was dry. I understand Walt Disney's ideas in the beginning, but like we said before, Disney is not a museum. Disney has to change with the times. And I know I'm the I, I know I am definitely one of the minorities in this thinking, but I say bravo Disney, it's about time. I agree with you, Dave. I really do. Um, you know, here's the thing. Walt Disney was no saint and we all you know, anybody that does anything, you know, with him or, or does any research, he was a drinker, he was a smoker. And, you know, that was one of the reasons why he really wanted to keep the alcohol out. He wanted to have that whole idea of, you know, people seeing a uh, kind of an alternate world. So it wasn't like he was he wouldn't partake in it. So I think people are like, oh, what would Walt think? You know, what would be like, OK, you know, I think he was innovative enough to understand that things had to change. And that's why he was great at what he did. He was able to figure out what the next thing was at all times, whether it be in animation, theme parks, whatever it is. And you know, he would have figured out that this would have been something that there's a way to go with it. I do believe that at the Magic Kingdom, they will curb it. I do not think it will turn into a food and wine festival on a Saturday night. They have alcohol at Animal Kingdom. They have alcohol at Hollywood Studios. 
It is not. The people aren't all there. They don't have drinking teams there. They're not going nuts there. I think it could be done in a much more responsible way. But I also will say this, and I would keep Disney to this standard. If all of a sudden they see that it's becoming an issue, I think they would pull the yeah, plug on it, though, too. I agree. It's an ideal agenda. I mean, it's what Walt wanted right from the start. I know, as you said, you've got to evolve as you move forward. But there's other places. I mean, you can buy alcohol anywhere. You know, not just in the other parks or Disney Springs. I just feel as if there should be one place as dry and the Magic Kingdom is a place for it. And I know well, keep, in, keep in mind, I'm the guy that has been known to bring a uh, flask <laughs> into <know>. the Magic <laughs> Kingdom with uh, pineapple Bacardi to add to my Dole Whip. So. I, was, I was actually going to say that. You know, the, the, I have actually, you know, I, this is a surprise, I, I understand. I've actually never brought it into the Magic Kingdom. But, you know, the amount of people that I've actually seen that have brought it into the Magic Kingdom, it was running rampant at times, you know. So it's it's always been around. You just obviously didn't see it as much. Yeah, maybe a wee bit more controlled now if they can do it, you know. But you're always going to get folk like Dave for bringing it in, you know, contraband. And anybody who's going to have dinner at Tony's is going to need to have a drink after that experience. <laughs> oh, yes. Did you happen to listen to my uh, description of the meal that we, we shared together at Tony's? with the? Re- I have, Dave. You know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I mean, you were there. We, we sat together. But um, it still was, um, you know, my, my salad was a little to be desired. The dressing was a little, if you remember that, it wasn't the best. But, uh, How do you mess up a salad? Oh. I'm telling you, it, Dave was there. The, the, I don't know what kind of dressing that was on it. It was some kind of creamy Caesar or creamy ranch, but it was just ultra creamy, slimy dressing. You know, the meatball. I had Yummy. The, I, I had the spaghetti and meatballs. The meatball was actually decent. Okay, the sauce was tasted like out of a can, which everybody on every other podcast says that, which is a pretty accurate description. But um, it was <laughs> the salad was probably the worst part. But it was an experience, and that would have definitely have been a meal when I would have definitely have had a drink just to maybe wash the taste of the, the sauce out of my mouth. For me, it was the furry gelato that just, it just tasted like it had fur. I can't explain why. You just have to try it for yourself to see how bad it is. And I remember you offered it to me, and I said, oh, I'm good, thanks. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> All right. And on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end the year 2016 with furry gelato as the thought that that's that's now in the back of my head. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate <laughs> that so man. much. Oh, but here, here's to Disney, you know, in, in a, a brighter and better 2017. I, I see a lot of great things in the future. Movies alone are going to make them boatloads of money. Pandora's opening up in 2017. The world of Avatar looks great. You have Star Wars Land, Toy Story Land on the horizon, hopefully in 18 or 19. So we got a lot of great things to look forward to. 2016 was pretty awesome, you know, but I think, you know, the best is yet to come. So, gentlemen, let's wrap this up and let's let our friends and our listeners know where we can be found on the interwebs. Steven. Through Twitter, you can get me on SJM Disney. Or on Facebook, it's Stephen James Maxwell. Joe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Quat and on Instagram. You can also find me over at Resort Loop on the DVC Roundtable and at Running Team at ResortLoop.com. Uh, we got the Rocketeers over there, so you can email me as 
Follow over there. David? On Twitter, you can find me at Figments Reality and Dave Koch on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at Daily Walt Disney. On Facebook, you can find me at Pat Gennetti. You can find all of us on Twitter at The Mickey Dudes. And you can even find our blogs and all the entries that, gentlemen, you guys have been picking up the slack lately, writing your articles. I'm so Not proud. Me. You had to ruin the moment. Uh, the, this, the teacher and me, you know, you can all get A pluses. Well done. You can find us at themickeydudes.com. Some great stories that just went up recently. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the show. Let's have a better 2017. Let's stay happy. Let's stay healthy and have a good night. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.